Good evening. Capitol Hill protests arrest the launch of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, Human Rights and President Biden, and George Floyd and the Cops. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Sunday, October 17th, 2021. And a total of 655 people were arrested during a week of climate protests in Washington, D.C. According to organizers of People versus Fossil Fuels Mobilization, the final event on Friday at the Capitol spurred 90 arrests, rounding out the 655 total for the week. People versus fossil fuels! People versus fossil fuels! Which side are you on now? Which side are you on? We have noticed that when climate or environmentalists try to fight this fight, they only focus on the polar bears in the Arctic. But we exist too. We live in the Arctic too. Our lives matter as well. It takes youth to be on the front lines. It takes us to put our bodies on the line. The trauma, everything. And yet we're still being overlooked like we're nothing. Well, check this out, world. We are the generation that says enough is enough and will be heard. We will have a seat at the table. And you were listening to Lakota Sioux and Inuit Peoples representatives. For several days this week, the protesters demonstrated outside the White House, culminating at the Capitol building. Activists said on Thursday that more than 50 indigenous advocates launched an, a, at the same time launched an occupation of the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or BIA, an agency within the Interior Department, adding that there were dozens of arrests at this event and alleging that police used stun guns on at least two people. The Interior Department said in a statement that multiple injuries were sustained by security personnel and one officer has been transported to a nearby hospital. Meanwhile, Democrats in Congress are struggling to get a spending package with major climate provisions across the finish line amid objections from more conservative members of their caucus. They also come in the weeks leading up to global climate negotiations at the COP26, COP26 conference. And a NASA spacecraft named Lucy rocketed into the sky with diamonds on Saturday morning on a 12-year quest to explore eight asteroids. Go, Centaur. Go, Lucy. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Liftoff. Atlas V takes flight, sending Lucy to uncover the fossils of our solar system. The artificial diamonds are part of an experiment on board the craft. The Atlas V rocket blasted off before dawn, sending Lucy on a roundabout journey spanning nearly 4 billion miles to visit the Trojan asteroids, so-called fossils orbiting behind and in front of the giant planet Jupiter, with evidence of the solar system at its earliest formation, nearly 5 billion years ago. Beatles drummer Ringo Starr paid tribute to his late colleague John Lennon, credited for writing the song that inspired all this. I'm so excited. Lucy is going back in the sky with diamonds. Johnny will love that, Star said. Anyway, if you meet anyone up there, Lucy, give them peace and love from me. The spacecraft is actually named after paleoanthropologist Donald Johansson, who discovered the fossilized remains of an ancient human ancestor from Ethiopia named Lucy. 
And an 11th hour deal was reached Saturday, averting a strike of film and television crews that would have seen some 60,000 behind the scene workers walk off their jobs and would have frozen productions in Hollywood and across the United States. Union President Matthew Loeb called it a Hollywood ending. The union represents cinematographers, camera operators, set designers, carpenters, hair and makeup artists and many others. And on Friday, President Joe Biden spoke about human rights at the dedication of the Dodd Center for Human Rights at the University of Connecticut in stores. Biden told a crowd in the plaza in front of the Dodd Center, let's dedicate it to the students here in the audience today who may discover and defend human rights as the passion and purpose of their lives. Tyranny, we must never forget, begins with the destruction of truth. Millions of Jews rounded up along with members of other minority groups, thrown into camps, abused, used as forced labor, medical experimentation, six million Jews murdered. When we look around the world today, we cannot say that the specter of atrocity is behind us. We see today the patterns, the choices playing out around the world, even as we speak. Whenever we hear that kind of poisonous hatred, where we ever we see our fellow human beings being dehumanized doesn't mean we go to war, but we must speak out. Silence, as my dad would remind me, silence is complicity. The Dodd Center was named for Thomas Dodd, the United States senator and prosecutor of Nazi war criminals at the post-war Nuremberg trial, whose son Chris followed him into the Senate. Meanwhile, in current human rights news, Google and Amazon workers are up in arms about a plan for the tech giant to provide high-tech cloud services to the Israeli government and possibly its military. On Tuesday, The Guardian published an anonymous statement reading in part, protesting Project Nimbus, which would provide cloud services, urging the company to cut all ties with the Israeli military and going on to claim we are anonymous because we fear retaliation. Gabriel Schubiner is a software engineer for Google and one of the signers of the statement. He came forward to WBAI on Friday. Amazon put pen to paper and signed a deal with the Israeli government and military for $1.2 billion. This deal is known as Project Nimbus. The deal cedes Google and Amazon's ability to deny services to any portion of the government, uh, meaning that the deal inherently includes the Israeli military, and the Israeli military is one of the overseers of the contract. The contract is also supposedly immune to employee protest in that there are clauses that purport to deny Google and Amazon the ability to pull out of the contract. Google has pulled out of contracts before, both with the Pentagon as well as the Chinese government for Project Dragonfly. We believe that this is still possible. What was Project Dragonfly and what, what project are we talking about here? Project Dragonfly was a project internal to Google to build a version of the search engine that conforms with Chinese censorship policies. It was subject to a similar campaign of employee protest and ultimately dropped. And what does this project do? This project is to provide cloud services, meaning that Google and Amazon are building data centers in Israel. Um, they will be highly secure data centers that will offer Google Cloud and Amazon Web Services to the Israeli government. We don't know exactly what it will be used for. Part of the problem with this contract is the lack of transparency. Essentially, there's no ability for Google and Amazon to guarantee that this technology will not be used in service of human rights violations. What is cloud services and what's the problem? What could be the potential problem with that? Cloud services includes everything from data storage to 
computer computational power and resources to APIs that would allow you to train advanced artificial intelligence. While we don't know what the services will be used for, we do know that they're extremely powerful. And we know that the Israeli military is illegally surveilling Palestinians. And we know that the Israeli military has been accused of committing human rights violations and war crimes. So our position is that we cannot provide these services to the Israeli military without any oversight or guarantee that they won't be used to harm really our own users. I've heard of them tracking people and telling them to get out of a building before they blew it up just to show them they could do it. Palestinians live under a system of very unequal laws. Palestinians live with heavily restricted movement. Um, they are not allowed their own self-determination. And when you provide powerful technology to an organization that is enforcing that, you're contributing to this for these forms of oppression. What happened to the days when we said that the internet was going to liberate humankind? <laughs> Good question. I mean, you know, in some sense, that has you know, always been a little bit facetious. There's a history of engagement between military and technology development. But the internet has also offered a lot of promise and new potentials for distributed forms of organization, for connecting people. And we believe that uh, technology companies, which are really some of the most powerful organizations in the world right now, should really be focusing on the parts of technology that can uplift people and can make the world a better place rather than seeking profit over human rights by pursuing military contracts. Gabriel Schubiner is a software engineer for Google and one of the signers of the statement. He came forward to WBAI on Friday. Nearly 1,000 anonymous signatories at Amazon and more than 600 at Google have joined the call. One of the human rights hotspots mentioned by President Biden in his dedication of the Dodd Center was northern Ethiopia, where a war has broken out between Ethiopian forces and the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF. As Ann Garrison reports for WBAI, Tigrayans are only 6% of Ethiopia's population, but according to Garrison, TPLF ruled the whole nation with an iron fist from 1991 to 2018 when popular uprisings forced them from power. Western press about Ethiopia has disparaged the government of Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed and blamed him for the war that began when the TPLF attacked a federal army base nearly a year ago. This week, however, the journal Foreign Policy published an essay by Mano Miretu, a senior policy advisor to Abiy Ahmed and Ethiopia's chief trade negotiator. Miretu argued that if Biden removes preferential trade arrangements under the African Growth and Opportunity Act, a.k.a. GOA, ordinary Ethiopians most of all, rural women who work in the country's growing manufacturing sector will be those who suffer. The act, signed by Bill Clinton in 2020, gave tariff-free access to goods manufactured in Ethiopia. Ethiopian exports to the U.S. then rose from 28 million to 300 million between 2000 and 2020. This week, during a web conference with People to People, an Ethiopian diaspora NGO founded to improve life in Ethiopia, Ambassador Fitsuma Rega said that he had turned to African ambassadors in the U.S., the African Union, and their trade experts for support. We are at the moment in the middle of reviewing the AGOA midterm. And today we had a meeting with African Union leaders in Addis and the 38 African countries, eligible African countries, 
appropriate senior experts mm-hmm. uh, along with uh, African ambassadors in DC. I was mm-hmm. moderating two sessions and I also mentioned the threat by the US administration to sanction uh, Ethiopia. I asked the solidarity of all African countries to support uh, Ethiopia. Deadline for final decision is October 30. So we are left with a few days. So on 20th and 21st, there will be the last session, another session with the U.S. different agents, including the State Department, mm-hmm. uh, ministers of trade. So mm-hmm. with this remaining days, we are really focused on saving Agua. I didn't know that there was a hard deadline for the sanctions. You said it's October 30th. Where was that laid out? October 30th is the date for the USTR and the State Department to send their final recommendation to the Congress. Congress needs 60 days before they make their final decision. So in most cases, a recommendation sent by the administration gets approved. So after that, we'll have 60 days at Congress, but I don't know any case that past the administration gets changed. The ambassador also said that some of those who place orders with manufacturers in Ethiopia have already put orders on hold, waiting to see what will happen. On his Twitter page, he suggested that the African Union negotiate AGOA agreements as a block. The Biden administration is making a large and some say unreasonable demand to stop it from imposing sanctions. Biden's executive order says that Ethiopia, a sovereign nation, must stop fighting the armed insurrection and negotiate with the TVLF, quote, without preconditions, unquote. To many Ethiopians, that seems tantamount to surrender. For Pacifica, I'm Ann Garrison. Thanks, Ann. And in another speech by President Biden framed by the Capitol, Biden paid tribute to fallen law enforcement officers on Saturday and honored those who fought off the January 6th insurrection at that very site by declaring because of you, democracy survived. The occasion was the annual National Peace Officers Memorial Service to members to remember the 491 law enforcement officers who died in the line of duty in 2019 and 2020. We've met here in front of this United States Capitol many times before to memorialize our fallen heroes. It's particularly appropriate today because here nine months ago your brothers and sisters thwarted an unconstitutional and fundamentally un-American attack on a nation's values and our votes. Because of these men and women, we averted a catastrophe. But their heroism came at a cost to you and your families. 150 officers injured, five lost in the attack's aftermath. The toll on this profession these past years has been heavy. And as President Biden, according to The Washington Post, 937 people have been killed by police in the past year as well. Hundreds of officers and their families sat in chairs assembled on the Capitol's West Front. Some of the audience dabbed their eyes as the president drew connections with their loss and his own history of grief, including the deaths of his first wife and two children, comparing it to losing part of your soul. During Biden's speech, the president decried the failure of his George Floyd police reform bill to gain any traction. Biden did call for reform of policing, but it came more as an afterthought to his speech. In recently released body cam footage, though, from Minneapolis during the protests following the murder of George Floyd, the uh, cops were heard saying some pretty horrendous things about the demonstrators. (laughs) 
In the video, Minneapolis police commander Bruce Falkins is heard telling an officer during a debrief, tonight it was just nice to hear, we're going to go find some more people instead of chasing people around. He continued, you guys are out hunting people now, and it's just a nice change of tempo. Minneapolis police sergeant Andrew Patel is heard saying, we're rolling down Lake Street, the first efforts we see, we're just handing them with handling them with 40s, apparently referring to 40 millimeter non so-called non-lethal rounds, which certain Minneapolis police officers use to control crowds during civil disobedience. The projectiles cause serious injury, including loss of eyesight. And in more news from the right, Fox News host Tucker Carlson is taking flack from fellow conservatives after his comments deriding Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg for taking paternity leave to help care for his newborn twins. Buttigieg is gay and lives with his husband. Pete Buttigieg has been on leave from his job since August after adopting a child. Paternity leave, they call it, trying to figure out how to breastfeed. No word on how that went. But now he's back in office as the transportation secretary, and he's deeply amused, he says, to see that dozens of container ships can't get into this country. Buttigieg responded that Republicans used to be the party of family values. Now they're opposing parental leave, a touchstone of Biden's Build Back Better plan. What's really strange is that, uh, you know, this is from a side of the aisle that used to claim the mantle of being pro-family. But what we have right now is an administration that's actually pro-family. And I'm blessed to be able to experience that as an employee, being able to have the, the flexibility to take care of our newborn uh, children, which is, by the way, work. It's joyful work. It's, it's wonderful work, but it's, it's definitely work. And we as a society, I think, are starting to do a better job of recognizing that parenting is work, that caregiving is work, and supporting it as such, which is, of course, why the president uh, has proposed paid family leave for all Americans, something most Americans already believe that we ought to do and something that most highly developed countries pretty much take for granted. I guess I want to push you on where you think this is coming from, because it's it's misogynistic, I guess, to think that dads shouldn't also be home. It feels homophobic to suggest that you were trying to figure out breastfeeding. I mean, it, it feels dirtier than that. How does this attack land for you and Chastin? I mean, look, this attack is coming from a guy who has yet to explain his apparent approval for the assassination of Harvey Milk. Uh, so, you know, obviously we, we know that uh, there's some dark places where some of these attitudes come from. But uh, I also know that that doesn't speak for uh, the country. I don't think that even speaks for uh, most people uh, on, on the other side of the aisle from the party that I belong to. This is largely a consensus issue, not just the support for families like mine to have a uh, right to marry and, and right to uh, uh, be treated equally. Uh, but also that families in general, moms and dads, uh, ought to be able to support their children, including with paid family leave. 
Carlson, a radical right ideological bomb thrower, also defended himself after it was revealed, as it was just respond as uh, Pete Buttigieg was just uh, referring to. It was revealed that in 1991, in his uh, Trinity College yearbook, he wrote, uh, besides being part of the Christian Fellowship and the Helms Foundation, he was part of the Dan White Society. Dan White was a former police officer who assassinated the first gay San Francisco supervisor, Harvey Milk. He also killed the mayor of San Francisco. The world of big tech. We spent the day hearing from quite a few old college classmates, in some cases people we've been out of touch with for 30 years. It was nice, but here was the occasion for it. Jeff Bezos had one of his minions, a mentally unbalanced middle-aged man called Eric Wempel, pull our dusty college yearbook and call around to see if we'd done anything naughty at the age of 19. That sounds like fun. Let us know if you hear any good stories. But before Bezos drops any more of his billions on opposition research, you should know that it will not affect any election outcome. This is a news show. It's not a political campaign. No one here is running for anything or plans to. On the other hand, if Jeff Bezos wants to come over to reminisce about 1987 on this show, he's always welcome anytime. And that was Tucker Carlson, who was explaining away um, the finding that he had uh, uh, mentioned as a joke uh, being part of the uh, so-called uh, Dan White Society at Trinity College, a um, at Trinity College, he uh, Dan White, it might be remembered, received a very light sentence at trial. He used the so-called Twinkie defense, saying he had lost his um, his ability to make uh, responsible decisions, leading him to assassinate two politicians because he had. Uh, binged out on junk food. That's actually how he got off and was the main argument and it was called the Twinkie defense. We're going to skip 07 and I'm just going to read a little bit and we're going to go to 08. And you're listening to the news on WBAI New York. On Friday, Governor Kathy Hochul got her flu shot. To practice what I preach, I'm going to get a flu shot. I made sure I wore the mask so you wouldn't see whether I winced or not. I smiled through the whole thing, just so you know. Just, just. New York has filed an appeal, meanwhile, against a recent federal court decision permitting healthcare workers in the state to apply for religious exemptions from its coronavirus ma vaccine mandate. Hochul went on to defend her decision to fight the suit, uh, that, and, uh, and that suit had been filed, I think, on Friday, Governor Hochul. People feel strongly about this, but sometimes you have to do a calculation of what is important and, and to the extent that someone's personal beliefs interfere with my ability and this people of the state of New York to be safe and secure, uh, then they, their reliefs are, reliefs are important and, and deeply held. But we also have a public health objective, which is overriding, and that's the position we're taking in court. The state's most recent data published Wednesday shows the mandate has resulted in 3,109 hospital workers out of 515,811 total statewide terminated because of their refusal to be vaccinated. And another 1,335 who resigned or retired for the same reason.